Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Director Showdown. Season 8. Season Ocho, Adam. Yeah. Kicking this. Season season Ocho. Uh, Season Ocho. We made it to eight seasons. All the way. I can't. There's been seven seasons before this. That's true. We, We have been doing this podcast at this point for a little over three years now. Isn't that wild? Been doing this little podcast for over mm-hmm. three years now. That, that's wildly successful. and Wildly ever- successful. The ratings have consistently gone up every single season. Never yeah. a dip. It, 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 it's only exponential growth like the COVID-19 virus. Like the spread. Topical. Like the spread of, of uh, that COVID-19 that we all hear so much about on all these fake news networks. And Do you think, like, people are going to get, like, PTSD when people say, like, it's going viral? It's going viral. Maybe. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody, like, say that phrase in the last couple of months. So it's uh, it's very possible for sure. Well, you're a marketing guy. You That's, like, part of yeah. your, like, dictionary. You know? Sure. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, going, going viral. That, that seems like a, like a, like a boomer phrase. I feel like they, they really like, like to, to tag onto that, uh, little phrase, but I feel like younger marketing people are kind of like going viral at the, it's uh, was it going, going TikTok now? Is that going TikTok? I mean, that that one's even above my head that that's, uh, we show my age when we start talking about TikTok for sure. That's that's where my degree is, you know, start shrugging and going, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know. If you're not staying up on all of the uh, kind of newsletters and like marketing, like trade publications, uh, you become like me. You become kind of out of your depth and your degree is suddenly meaningless. But ultimately, it's just a piece like of life, paper. isn't that just just like life? Actually. Life is totally meaningless. So uh, it's just fine. like our perception of reality. Exactly. Basically. So have um, fun. Don't don't give a shit. I'm not, man. I got yeah. I got the piece of paper, and ultimately, that's uh, the most important thing. Same. I mean, I did. Yeah. I got my degree in engineering, and I'm not. Doing hey, <laughs> you know that's that's life. That's, that's life. life. It's, it's just it, it throws you things, and you're just like, well, well, well you know, yeah. doesn't we'll go the way you plan. This, this is fine. This, this is, fine. is fine. And uh, yeah. we are two people that are lucky enough to still have our jobs and are are able to to work from home and stay out of the line of fire of this thing. Uh, and, uh, I feel like, I feel like we're, we're lucky. I, I don't know. Like, no, we are. Yeah. yeah sure. Like I don't, I don't want to get too personal, but I, I feel pretty lucky that my, my family has been mostly untouched by this thing. My, my wife is a hairstylist, but her employer, not her, her employer, she owns a business, but the, the place where she rents from, has been nice enough to like pause rent for them, which well, is a, nice. huge, yeah. Huge, yeah. Uh, a huge, huge help deal. for us because we were really yeah. worried about that. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's uh, bad out there for a lot of people, and uh, truly like our hearts go out to anybody affected by this and in a really bad so, way. So, so come along with us on this this um, yeah internet journey, this podcast <laughs> journey yeah. of of Audible enjoying audio journey. Director Showdown, Season 8, Egra Wright versus Taika Waititi. Hell yeah. And our first movie is is the classic Shaun of the Dead. Talk about End of the World, huh? Yeah, what a perfect 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 movie to start with, huh? Yeah. Um, 
for for many reasons, but I think uh, I mean Ed, Edgar Wright came out of the fucking gate shooting on all cylinders here. And uh, 2004, can you believe this movie is 16 years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. God, just makes so what me was feel your like first exposure to, to this movie? It's like a virus. Yeah. I wasn't wearing my mask in the theater when I first uh, <laughs> uh, witnessed. Uh, stop okay. you right there. Yeah, yeah please just, do. Um, just, uh, you know, talk about your first. Experience. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and and we can we'll circle back around on Edgar Wright. Uh, plenty, I think, in this episode in this season for sure. But um, yeah, this one. Uh, so it came out in two thousand four. That's lit. Like I was still living in California for a little bit when this came out. I feel like I didn't see this movie until kind of that era that we reference a lot on this podcast mm. of like the late high school, early college years when uh, I think both of us were in kind of like an exploratory phase of like, oh, what's out there. Exploratory, exploratory. No. Well, you know, not yeah, not just totally. a couple, a couple of teens, <laughs> a couple of exploring, exploring themselves and the world around yeah. them. Um, but uh, yeah, this was definitely in that phase. In and we can talk more about this in this episode too because this movie is both horror and comedy. But I was never like I was never a horror person just because, like I've also talked about a lot. I was raised in a Christian house and and was also kind of like wary of watching something that was like a little too scary for me that would like freak me out and give me nightmares. So I really didn't see many horror movies at all until I was probably, I don't know, 16, 17, which is probably when I saw this movie. I I don't have a specific memory of seeing this one. Um, but it was really like a take notice moment of like, Oh wow. This, this director is really, really talented and really interesting. Um, you know, it's funny yeah. is that the first time I saw this movie, I didn't actually see it. I saw the case. Remember we was oh, walking around, yeah. um, blockbuster, 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 blockbuster. Oh God. <laughs> Only the true fans will yeah. get that. All reference. negative six people of you yeah. uh, who got that. <laughs> we applaud you. But, uh, <laughs> I remember seeing it and it said Shaun the dead. And as an edgy, probably, I guess a 14 year old, I was like, it's so stupid. It's, uh, will you try to be funny? It's Shaun the dead. Probably a dumb movie. That's what I thought. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to yeah. see that movie. Sure. I, I, yeah. I feel like, yeah. uh, I, I probably thought about that. I'm sure I heard about it obviously before I saw it. And I probably had a similar thing of like, Oh, is this some, is this like scary movie? Like, because that's kind of the touchstone at at the time of like, uh, of yeah, the types of things you could maybe compare. Like, what what is it? It's a horror movie, but it's a comedy. What is that? What is that? What's yeah. that genre? Um, and then uh, yeah, and my my big takeaway was just like, wow, this is really fun. I feel like it opened me to two things. It opened me up to uh, Edgar Wright as a director, and also British comedy. Because I feel like this was at an era when I feel like Derek showed me this. Shout out to Derek again. Probably. Uh, I really think he did because uh, our friend Derek, who we mentioned on the Wet Hot episode, I think, um, got me into kind of like the uh, British comedy shows. Did you watch The Office? Uh, the, the British office I didn't really get into, but I, I love the American one, which counts for whatever, uh, nothing, I guess, but, um, for the, for the, for all of the dialogue in the British office, 
Mm. I appreciated what I could understand. Because <laughs> they have the heaviest, yeah. the thickest accent. For sure, so. yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. And it's like they're all underplaying it so it's like mumblecore. It's yeah. it's like mumblecore comedy, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's less so the British Office, more so things like uh, I like Dark Place. I'd probably put Dark Place in there, or like uh, the Mighty yeah, Boosh or something like Adult that. Swim for all those. Honestly, the Adult Swim, yeah, yeah um, the Adult Swim, the Adult um, Swim, yeah, for for a lot of those too. But um, yeah, I, I feel like there there's a comedic sensibility that Edgar Wright just has because, like, we'll probably get into. He came up with a lot of those people, um, like the Mighty watch, Boosh um, people. Spaced. Spaced, I uh, saw a bunch of episodes of actually. Yeah, Did you, was it good? Spaced is really good. Yeah. It's um, in fact, even just after watching this movie, I think there's a lot of the same actors and actresses in that. For movie. sure, yeah. yeah. Um, what's what's the <laughs> like uh, Sean's female counterpart of like the other group? What was her name oh, in this? Um, Not Carolyn. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. though, right? Um, she is the. Uh, female lead of spaced and then nick frost is also his best friend in space and uh edgar wright i believe directed most no maybe because it's a a british show i think it is all him actually yeah um and it was a show that um simon Pegg wrote with her i think the uh female lead of the the show um and they they saw edgar wright uh, had directed another British show. It's like a, what was it called? Some kind of vampire thing. Oh, it's called Asylum, which I don't know anything about. Huh. Uh, but it's a comedy channel. It was a sitcom. Is it like a black humor? Just one of those like mid nineties, like British black humor comedy sitcoms, like which, which those don't exist in America because our comedic palette is, is not as refined. I feel like, <laughs> Well, you know, Brit- yeah. British comedy and British people in general, they just have like a very, um, uh, um, they, they work in more subtlety, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. They don't tend to like, when they're making a joke, they play it very deadpan all the time. And uh, for sure. In America, you have to give a tell or else like people think you're being an asshole. They, they you know don't, I mean? they don't underline yeah. circle and highlight the yeah. joke that you're watching. Yeah. It, it's just, yeah. You know, I, I feel like, uh, Sean of the dead seriously. Yeah. Yeah, America. exactly. I feel like when I saw this, that was one of the things it tapped into where I was like, Oh, comedy can be like this too. Like th- mm. this is clearly a like horror comedy and, his like visual direction is, has its own unique flares, but I was like, Oh, this is like really funny and fascinating and different from what I'm used to just as an American, because I don't see comedy like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that the American office, I feel like, well, I mean, introduced. Two, we, to I mean, we, we, 2004 American comedy. What, what do you have? Like road, the road trips and the American pies. Yeah. And the you have those. I feel like you know? on TV in the era, it's maybe getting a little better was, um, God dude, 2004 is still pre fuck. I can't even think of like what big comedies were on TV at the time. It's like friends had just wrapped up. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it, like the office and stuff like that, the British comedies kind of like that wave hit America and like parks and rec in the office. Those are very kind of like British sensibilities, mm. uh, for American audiences. But, um, Oh, Hey Diane, look, they're looking at the camera. They're not supposed to do that. 
That's so funny. Why would they look at the camera? Why did they? Is, it's what? like it's a it's a documentary or something, but it can't be. It's not real. It's That's not Steve real. Carell. That's so funny. That's, That's so Steve weird. Carell from the Virgin movie. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- those were my big takeaways from seeing Shaun of the Dead. Uh, at the time, I, I feel like I feel like this this movie is a bigger influence on my I don't know like my my film loving like cinema fan well, side than I give it credit for. I mean, let's talk about it. It, it. it did affect. I mean, at least for me, when we were doing our short films in uh, college. Oh my god! Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Shaun the Dead had I had directly like used a lot of what Edgar Wright did with like yeah. the uh, with the the montage action sequences. <laughs> you know, like having those fast yeah. zoom ins and quick cuts of like prepping and like one of my favorite scenes in uh, Shaun the Dead was like the end where the military comes out and it's just like so epic on how yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their arrival. Part. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, it was just so powerful on how like it just they just came in and fuck shit up, you know. Yeah, for, yeah. it's yeah, and like uh, even from the very beginning of Shaun of the Dead, he implements those um, those montages in a really in a really great kind of like unique way, uh, and that's something that he li- he brought he brought right directly from space, like spaced is it's a show about like him and this this girl they're not romantic but they um decide to just like get a a flat together uh, because a, they the British idiom yeah they get they got the old flat An apartment together. for all you US people <laughs> out there um and it's it's just a super fucking nerdy show with like a lot of like nerdy deep cuts and like referential like homages and stuff like that in a way that I think still probably ages better than a lot of the shit that you see on like YouTube or something now, just because like, I think Edgar Wright has more integrity than a lot of the people who do like referential nostalgic stuff now. Like I yeah. think, I, I think t- to him and, uh, Simon Pegg, who was, who's equally a, a pretty strong voice in this movie and spaced. It's like, they're like nerd, like, born and bred nerds who grew up with like star Wars when it wasn't cool and stuff like that. And, uh, Oh, you're getting into some murky territory. Oh, well, I, I, I'm going to cut it off right now, but you're uh, sounding like, uh, (laughs) Mr. Klein who wrote ready player one. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave here and hop into my, uh, my DeLorean and drive away and, and, uh, you know, reference, Bonnaroo Buckaroo or whatever the fuck it oh, was. Oh, fucking Buckaroo Bo- Bo- Bonsai. Buckaroo the thing is, it's e- like, fuck off. No, like, there, to me, stupid. yeah, there, to me, there's a clear delineation between him and uh, somebody like Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg in that, like, the two of them always have something much more well, there's a su- with, with Klein, it's more of a superiority complex, if anything. It's like, a gatekeeping thing, for he's sure. He's like, yeah, yeah, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, and fuck you, because I spent all this time, and this is mine, and you can't have it, yeah. and look how much I have and that you don't have. Well, that's so you know interesting. I mean? That I did not think we'd be making this comparison, but it's it's really apt, I think, because now we're getting back into like the American versus British 
uh, sensibilities because I think Klein is the way he is maybe because he's American. Whereas like Pig and, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to, I, I wouldn't want to go, yeah. go that route. I don't want to generalize totally, but because I mean, Edgar Wright, like he, uh, if it wasn't for American filmmaking, this movie wouldn't exist. You know, that's true. I mean? That's true. I think, yeah. uh, you know, Romero being the way that he is, you know, and he actually loved this movie. So yeah. I think the difference between Klein and Edgar Wright is that Wright is like more so well, kind about it. So, I think they're yeah. more self-aware and they're they more sincerity, if anything. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's not something that is uh, gatekeeping. More sincerity you know? and, and not as self-serious about the things that they love, I think. Yeah. Um, because like this is this is a huge homage to somebody like George Romero. Like clearly, hmm. um, it has like the staples of of his zombie world that he set up in his movies without without like making fun of the zombie genre. Because I think oh, there's yeah, a for sure that's the thing that is really interesting about Shaun the Dead is that it's not a a typical parody. A parody is usually one that just like makes fun of the genre. Like you know, not to not to put mel brooks um under the bridge here but mm-hmm. mel brooks pair um satire or parody i don't know um i think satire probably satire for him. Yeah, yeah would be just like it's making fun of the western genre so it's not it's not like really like an homage to that genre it's not trying to be a true western because it's right like, yeah yeah while this is like more of like i love george romero and this is just my like funny but I take also on like comedy yeah. yeah it's like him him marrying his um yeah like the two things that he loves like one one of the things we can talk a little bit about edgar wright for sure too is that uh, what i was reading about him is that he growing up was really like a horror kid like he was super into horror he was interested like he his big thing that he took away from uh, a lot of like horror and a lot of like american horror directors and stuff is the directing was so stylized and he was like these are the interesting movies like these are the ones that i'm really interested in and so it it makes perfect sense like of course he got into comedy too that he would be like i want to do something that marries the two things that i love but take both of them seriously like make it make it a comedy with like really good setups and payoffs which this movie really has and also like recurring gags which and I forget how many fucking it, recurring gags this there movie is. There is a lot of like There's so many set up and constant payoffs yeah. that it was hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah. It's a really it's a quick witted movie, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I think he, that's a staple, uh, a director trademark. Uh, maybe if you want to call it that, is that he's directed like trademark? Are we changing? Oh, gee, the oh, it's not even called that. Signature move. Signature move. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like tra- changing up the the norms now. Um, yeah, it's a signature move of his. It's like his his scripts are, are very quick witted and and uh, his his dialogue often has multiple meanings in a single line, uh, oh, which yeah. I always really appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and it's just yeah. like uh, with his another signature move is like relationships. You know, like I think that um, mm, yeah. That most of his movies are about interpersonal relationships as opposed to... And they're just with the background of the genre that they're in. Like, honestly, this movie isn't even a zombie movie. It's about, like, uh, 
it's about like growing up and yeah <laughs> and going yeah. through breakups and for sure and stuff like that it's a, and dealing with like how to make personal boundaries in your life you know because yeah, like yeah. sean is a is a is a very nice guy and he is too nice because he just lets people walk all over him yeah yeah and he doesn't and at the same time he doesn't even like consider other people as well you know like he doesn't know how to set boundaries like with um with his with his uh boyfriend um ed oh played yeah. By, <laughs> yeah yeah that's, that's Frost, definitely like know? what they're playing with in this yeah for sure. yeah that he just lets ed just get a, get away with pretty like honestly like i hate nick frost's character like he's very like annoying he's he's i'll say this i think he's ultimately likable for me because he's nick frost and he has that kind of nick frost charm but his character is very much like yeah it was anybody else yeah yeah it was anybody else like it'd be like fuck this guy fuck this guy i'm already on the fuck this guy thing but he's like sure tolerable because like it's he's like why you gotta hang out with your girlfriend he's like one of those guys he's, he's like, like a one fucking of those like reddit beard, guys dude. Yeah. yeah exactly it's uh, like he gives the worst advice he does yeah. nothing he doesn't work yeah it's just like this guy's a fucking piece of shit you know well th- it's like that other layer and we'll bring that up a few times in this movie it's got a lot of layers to it for a goddamn horror comedy that yeah, it really is like the the main story is that it's it's like a coming of age almost, mm. and and like the world has to end for Sean to get his shit together. Yeah, and and I actually like watching it this time. It it hit me how like the end, the third act, and like the ending ultimately kind of plays where oh, we should probably save that. But I mean, um, why not? It's, it's who cares? I mean, yeah, it's it's I I really love how it's like. Uh, he doesn't just win. Like he doesn't just like become the hero. It's like they, they, there's that really bittersweet moment where him and his, his girlfriend kind of reconcile in the, the, um, not the basement, the, uh, cellar, the cellar of the, the Winchester, um, where we're all hunkering down right now and, uh, just waiting for this thing to blow over. And, uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's really great how that plays out because Sean is like, uh, like I tried my best. I tried my best and my, my mom, my stepdad and my best friend are dead. And she's like, yeah, but you tried. And I was like, that's really in a, in a movie that is like a horror comedy. He, he keeps like a lot of heart and a lot of like emotional resonance to it. Yeah. That, um, I don't know. I just, I don't think really clicked with me until I was, uh, 29 years old, you know? Yeah. I was just like, I don't, like when I first saw it, I was like, I don't really care. I was like, oh, this was funny and there's some cool action pieces and <laughs> yeah. whatnot, you know. Yeah, exactly. But like I actually vibed more with not not even with the comedy or the action as much was yeah. definitely like the, the, sincer, the sincerity of like the moments that were sprinkled out throughout the movie because it wasn't just... It, he, Edgar Wright, he's very good at pacing and he likes to put in those sincere moments, like just at the right time to kind of like yeah, let off some steam for sure from like the very tense situation that's going on. Like, yeah, I almost teared up like when like uh, his stepdad, dude, that yeah. scene is so, yeah. dude, Simon Pegg is so fucking good Simon, in that scene, too. Yeah, Simon Pegg is great. He's, yeah. a, he's a good fucking actor. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it took like. I don't know. It took like uh, just seeing him in other movies and just realizing like, oh, okay, yeah, like 
not only was Edgar Wright like a total like a total get, but like Simon Pegg too. He's one of those actors who like comes up with a director and it's like, is this actor like riding their coattails? And then it's like, no, not at all. Like this guy is incredibly talented. Yeah. And it's like here in the, his first movie, like, yeah, that scene is really, really like a gut punch where like Simon Pegg's just like crying so fast because yeah. his stepdad's just telling him all the things that he wished like he could have yeah. said like over yeah. the last decade or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. really it's really great. And I just want to say like crossing over to Waititi a little bit here. I think that's something that both of them maybe that can be a thread that we kind of like tie between the two as we go along is that I think both of them are pretty good at doing that. Yeah. And um, Judd Apatow's not. Judd Apatow. <laughs> well, listen, Adam. Oh, I don't know if you've seen man. This is 40, but uh Oh man. The toilet scene with Paul, I don't know. I don't even. I forgot that entire movie. The only, uh, the only moment I remember is Paul. Well, no, the only two moments I remember is Paul Rudd bicycling something, and the yeah, end of the movie. Because I <laughs> Just was like, the thank God, it's <laughs> over. <laughs> only the credits, right? Movies. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this is forty for a second. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. That movie sucks. It's I like rem- trying I to be a slice, fine, but I don't remember any of it at all. It was trying to be like I was mad about it because it was just like trying to do a slice of life thing, and it was just yeah. so me- meandering. It's, and it's just like, oh, look at yeah. all these discrete events that, yeah. oh, being forty sucks, huh? <laughs> well, Apatow is very. Uh, what's the term? Self. Um, what's the what, nice way to off? say masturbatory? Uh, he very much likes. Um, letting things breathe he likes actors just going for it but but yeah i mean like he's most, an most indulgent mo- he's self-indulgent well he, that's like most comedy directors because uh comedy directors are usually really bad like todd phillips for example todd sure. phillips yeah, yeah, like yeah. lets it breathe because there's no responsibility on the director really because what's selling the movie is the 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 uh the actors themselves, you know? Yeah. Same with, um, our good, our good pal, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy from hell. Uh, fucking. Oh, Paul Feig. Paul Feig. Like he doesn't, he doesn't direct. He just, he just like, he dresses, he spends most of his time dressing up in a suit (laughs) and then puts a camera out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He sets the the tripods up, drinks his coffee, says, where's Anna Kendrick? Get Anna Kendrick to set. We got to start rolling. Got to oh. be done by four o'clock. Oh, Anna, you're so charming. Keep going. Just, just Delightful. do whatever. Just do your deal. Do your thing. Just do. Your, um, are, are we done? Feel, no, just keep going. Who just, cares? I don't know. Just take hey, it. Let it breathe. All well, right? Edgar Wright is the exact opposite. He's yeah. a fantastic comedy director because everything's so tight. Yeah, for in sure. In his films, and that like he actually ut- utilizes the film medium to like convey comedy with his editing and yeah. shot composition and his clever script writing for sure that's a that's an interesting comparison uh because i think yeah i think somebody like edgar wright who you can tell is so careful about the script being sacred Mm. that that those adapt better to the medium of film than somebody like apatow or paul feig who let scenes breathe let things play out workshop it live because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. 
Well, That's and the then problem. it's also, yeah, it's also like if and when things go off the rails, how do you cut that? How do you edit that? How do you like sync that up with the rest of the movie? It's going like it's inherently going to be messier. And I think that can be fine. I think that can even be great. Like uh, I love Super Bad and Super Bad is a heavily improvised movie, but it's like those are more rare, I think, and harder to do than a movie like Shaun of the Dead, you know, just just by nature of the fact that it's like very uncinematic to just set up a camera and let some actors do some extra lines, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Let's riff off each other a bit and all yeah. that stupid shit. I, I think, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm someone who thinks that like uh, the, the script is, is the most important aspect of kind of the pre-production process as well. Most people probably say that, but yeah, um, well, I, it's I think literally it's literally a skeleton of the movie. Yeah, you know it, it is. Mean? And I, I think a lot of, uh, I don't know. It's like the, the Joker movie, for instance, a good old Todd, uh, uh, yeah, they had a Todd. script, but even early on when they were filming it, it was like, uh, the word around blogs and stuff was like, yeah, they're, they're really just like winging it, letting it breathe. And when I, as soon as I heard that, I was like, boy, this might not be great. This and might not be very good. You and were right. And I was right. Uh, because it's like, yeah, a, a, a movie with like a theme and a, like a thematic message like that. You need a good script. You need to be tight. Yeah, because you got Joaquin. Joaquin's going to fucking kill whatever you're giving him. Yeah. Because he's Joaquin. But it's like, if you're just letting him roll, then he's going to do his little funny dance in the bathroom, and he's going <laughs> to get an Oscar, but like... Yeah. Not because the movie's good, you know? That's, um, that, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's wild. Um, but uh, what were we talking about? Oh, talk about, well, editing. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. One good, great example in the movie was just, like, you know, I want to compliment, like, Edgar Wright's, like, comedic efforts in editing is just, like, the simplicity of Sean flipping through the channels on the TV. Oh, my God. And all yeah. the, you know, all the dialogue was, like, lining up really well and to, and to give, like, a subconscious cue of, like, what's happening mm-hmm. in the world and give those setups and payoffs, you know? Yeah. That, and that's, like, a visual thing as opposed to, like, you know, purely a dialogue, like, gag, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that's the thing is, like, it's hard to find visual gags in film, really. Most because movies, it, Most yeah, movies, yeah. like, it's, it's hard to do that because... I don't, I, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, if Edgar Wright made a cartoon, he would he'd probably make a really great cartoon, but oh, for sure. You know what I mean? His, uh, do I want to make this comparison? Do I want to draw the ire from you for making this comparison? Mm. It's like he was raised by and like learned from Spielberg. Spielberg. Well, you do and, that and with everybody. I do. I, do I have to do that. I have to. But why? Because um, I'm getting to. the checks in the mail every week, Adam, from the from Spielberg Amblin, estate from, from, from Amblin. <laughs> There's Amblin. a reason we covered cats. It's because I got the check from Amblin. Um, God. <laughs> but but no, I, I think in a lot of ways, Edgar Wright is kind of like the super Spielberg, where it's like he truly has taken the lesson of like, like only, I don't know, like only film stuff like I don't know it's like fully utilizing the the medium of film and it's even like the montages are perfect examples of that where it's like you have to imagine the effort of like, like setup more each sp- shot this is more specific than Spielberg though 
Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to think of a better director instead of Spielberg because like mm-hmm. Spielberg is great and all, but I, I don't see him as some sort of like great comparison to like what's being drawn up. In I'm Shaun just, I'm Dead. just saying like you a know? precursor. I'm not saying like he could make an Edgar Wright movie. I don't think he could only Edgar Wright could, but it's like, I think people like him have to introduce kind of like the, Vi- like the visual storytelling sense of of certain you know styles and stuff for Edgar Wright to take that and run with and improve upon in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I feel think. like it's more of a Hitchcockian comparison. Of anything, I could see that. You know, I've yeah. just I've just like seen. I don't know. It's like if you look at like. Uh, have you seen Edgar Wright's uh, favorite hundred movie list? Uh, um, probably, and I don't remember it. It's it. uh it's it's really good man yeah there's a lot of um interesting stuff on there but i i think his number one or number two is uh raiders of the lost ark and i think that's i mean that's that's a fantastic movie yeah it's and it's it's and it's a movie where like uh spielberg's whole intent was can we make a a movie with only the good parts and just cut out all the shit from you know, when we watch a movie and it's like, oh, there's some fat here. This is boring. So that's, we why, just that's only why he make... did the bullshit thing with the submarine. <laughs> that's why. Well, that's what, because it's bullshit, it would, man. It would, honestly, <laughs> if you could like, had, if, if Spielberg had You're taken so the time. You're so hung up on this goddamn submarine. No, I, I do it because it always pisses you off, honestly. <laughs> Um, but it, well, yeah, it, yeah. it, it would have been entertaining <laughs> if Indiana Jones had fought Nazis underwater in a submarine Come that's, on. I mean, that's what, fair. What what more could you want? That's fair. I think his Underwater choice instead was set piece? he held on to the submarine for 300 miles. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck it. It's a fun movie. We're having fun. And, uh, and like, I, I want to, okay, I want to do a whole script based on that three hours of him, like, on a submarine and what Indiana Jones was doing the entire time. It'd be very, have you seen Open Water? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I feel I feel like it'd be something like open water, where it's just a real time, like accounting of these people, or in this case, Indiana Jones's actions uh, during the entire trip uh, of uh, the submarine going to the Nazi facility or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know. You could have so much cool stuff other than that. You could have him like yeah. stealthily like going around like the submarine, like sneaking around like killing not nazis yeah or you can have him fight a shark maybe that'd be cool that would be that'd be i mean very, why uh, the fuck not it's in the end very good yeah fucking find a treasure underwater using a, find a treasure do something there's a whole man. other you yeah. call it like indiana jones and the Ra- raiders Aquari- of the nazi submarine he finds a query uh alanis See, that seems like untapped indie potential. Like underwater stuff? Yeah. Atlantis shit. Where the fuck's that at? Where I want to see Where's it. Indiana Jones and Atlantis? In the lost city of Atlantis. Atlantis. I, you know how many cool set pieces you could have underwater? A lot. None with Ford. He's too fucking old. Recast, yeah. goddammit. They need to recast it. Well, what, what's... Who, you asked me yeah. when we were off mic... Yeah. One thing mm. I don't like about Spielberg because you don't like that I bring him up so often. Yeah, and that's fair. I bring him up a lot. Uh, I don't he needs even... to get over his goddamn uh, Indiana Jones is only Harrison Ford. It's his thing. Star Wars, man. 
uh, is his Star I guess Wars so, dude. But yeah. even even fucking Lucas sold it at some point. I think Spielberg needs to like give up the mantle, let some other like young guy, young charismatic guy. Uh, Glenn Powell would be my pitch. Who's that? He is in Everybody Wants Some. He's like really charming and delightful in that movie. He's uh, he's up and coming, man. He's he's gonna be in Top Gun, um, too, mm. which just got pushed to December. Miles Teller, way more charismatic and charming than Miles Teller. Um, no, he's. I think he'd be a perfect pick. And uh, Shia LaBeouf now. I could see it. Yeah. <laughs> my pitch, my pitch that I was telling people, I think on yeah. Twitter was that the next indie movie, which I'm not really even interested in anymore because Spielberg's not doing it. Um, do you hear about that? Fucking James Mangold's doing it. Okay. That's cool. I mean, I, I like Mangold. No, yeah. Ma- yeah. Mangold but it, I, makes sense. But it's if like, there's anybody else, he, he make, he makes sense. He yeah, made a dad I, movie. That's true. That's true. But it's also like Harrison Ford is too fucking old. But um, what was my pitch? My pitch was you have Indy be the old guy now and you have cool fucking like 2020 like cool guy energy Shia come back. Yeah, cool guy. Yeah. Because now have him have a full beard and everything. Exactly. Yeah. Or at least stubble. And he's maybe still got like a weathered like jacket on. He's got to be fucking buff as fuck. You know what? You know what I mean? Like the jackass. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he he because he is now, right? Yeah. Um when did uh Crystal Skull take place? The fifties? Yeah. He went to the Korean War. Oh god, yeah, dude. Right? Yeah, and then Shia like LaBeouf, it's like yeah. early sixties, yeah. post Korean War Mutt mm. Williams and his dad, and he's like war torn and he's seen some shit now. Vietnam. Where are you at? Yeah, the Spielberg we're ba- Amblin. We're basically writing this for you. <sighs> I'm gonna write Amblin. Yeah. I'm going to tell them my idea and they're going to not even fucking read it. And he's not even into archaeology. No, he shouldn't be. He's a new character. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I, I feel like that was the issue with um, this is an Indiana Jones podcast now, I guess. Uh, that was the issue with Crystal Skull and him is that people were like, uh, you're forcing fucking Mutt Williams down our throats here. Yeah. Fucking, uh, what is this going to be? The adventures of Mutt Williams in the temple of blah, blah, blah. Who gives a shit? He's not Indiana Jones. And it's like, it's, it's a fucking, it's a new thing. It's a new thing. It's a new goddamn thing. Yeah. You know, shy is cool. Now you get like a cold him? war thing, you know? Oh wait, they yeah. already tried to do that with uh kind of yeah skull. it was just like yeah. a little not enough like maybe well, they should the do a main low antagonist key. was um you know what's her name as uh you know the russian Kate blanchett yeah, Kate blanchett <laughs> in a wild performance yeah god that russian accent um mm. she's still pretty hot in that movie i mean Kate blanchett's just a you know she's a gorgeous woman so she is absolutely um but shot of the dead another great Boy, how'd we got on Indiana Jones for so long? Because um, you keep bringing up Spielberg every goddamn podcast. I'm done. I'm done with it. All right, hey, Edgar Wright is better right, than Spielberg. Right, Spielberg sucks. All right, I listeners, hit your bingo card with the Spielberg reference. Yeah. All we're missing now is a Star Wars one. No, I made that. Oh well, there you go. Mark <laughs> that one as well. Who's got a bingo? The Last Jedi. Somebody out there just won. Stand up, wave your bingo card in the air for everyone in your fucking quarantined house, and we'll uh, email you. There's one thing I am happy about is that Kubrick is dead, so I don't have to keep referencing him all the time. You know, like he, true. his his legacy was never tainted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
It's like the, his worst movies are like still interesting. Still like good, good yeah. you know. And like I'll admit that they're not great his worst yeah. movies, but at least they're like watchable. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know. Um yeah. and that's why it's just so funny. I'm just going on a Cooper tantric because I let you have your no, Spielberg no, no. shit. Please do, please do. It's like, oh yeah, like uh uh Eyes Wide Shut is not good. It's like, well, yeah, because no, you're talking good. about well, I mean it's just like yeah. it's like when you're looking at the face of God and then you see an angel and it's like, yeah, this angel's clearly not as good as like God, of course. Yeah. I I almost feel like there's been a lot of people coming around in that movie. I feel like that wouldn't be the one to make that comparison with anymore. Like it'd be one of like his older ones that people don't talk about. Cause I feel like eyes wide shut. I think people look at and are like that movie fucking rules. Well, I I, I really love Lolita and Lolita is just kind of like, but he's young. Yeah, Lolita's fine. Not as young as her. Not as young as Lolita, but he's pretty young. Well, they had, to or, they had to actually cast an older girl, so they wouldn't be as, like, <laughs> you know, shitty. Because, like, Lolita herself's like, what, 13? They cast, like, a 17-year-old or something. So what you're saying is it's a good time to reboot Lolita. Y- yeah. Leon Professional is pretty much Lolita, but anyway, but... Kind of. Uh, <laughs> oh, kind of, but with yeah. action. With which a- and guns. on, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, I think I haven't seen Pass the Glory, and apparently that's a classic anyway. And Spartacus I haven't seen, which is supposed to be classic. I have that downloaded. I always forget that's Kubrick, because it's like, it's a Kirk Douglas epic. Yeah, and I, I always forget that's more fucking Kirk Douglas rather than Kubrick. Yeah, anything. yeah, we should you know? we need to watch that while we're in quarantine and just like talk about. I it. I know, like. yeah. Maybe we could stream that one. No, that wouldn't be a. That uh, wouldn't be very funny. One. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> wow, look at this shot. Wow, that's such a great composed <laughs> shot. Wish you guys were seeing this too. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's what it would be. But yeah, other than that, it's like Kubrick, like, you know, he's pr- pretty solid filmography. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I can't, his worst movies are still, I mean, The Killing was like what really was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, 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 uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like jealousy that Spielberg has as many, uh, kind of, ebbs to his flows or what what's the what's the term he has the no no the 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 valleys to the peaks it's like it's he's not well, all let me peaks. put this on you yeah is what is the ratio of quality quantity of coen brothers and spielberg because coen brothers is well, very prolific like they've made so many movies here's the thing man they have more good and great movies than spielberg and I, I don't know if we've talked about our favorite directors ever. I don't think Spielberg's in my top three. Does that blow your mind? I don't think he's in my top three. I think it's, <laughs> I, yeah, that's crazy, right? I think yeah. it's, I think it's Coen Brothers, Scorsese, um, then maybe Spielberg. But I think, wow, why am I forgetting? Scorsese is very prolific as well. That's true, and uh, he he has some lesser movies, but I think even his hits, uh, he has more hits than Spielberg did. For sure. Spielberg has more weird, like, what the fuck were you thinking? I think his one? his money to, his, his, like, ratio of, like, how much a movie costs and how much it made is just more than all those other ones, so. Yeah. It's like the Coen Brothers and Scorsese. So that's why, like, Spielberg seems to, like, stick around so much. Yeah, for sure. I know. I'm, I can't believe, why am I forgetting a third? I know there was, like, a third guy who always battles it out with Spielberg. Maybe Spielberg's three. But I don't think he's my favorite. I think Cohen's Cohen's are like almost a hundred, man. They're like ninety, ninety-five. Yeah. They only have a couple kind of like like uh, I don't know what that was, like Lady Killers and Intolerable Cruelty. That's like it kind of. Yeah. Um 
But uh, who knows? Maybe Edgar Wright will be someone who has a track record as good as uh, the Coens one day. So far, I think he's so doing far, so good. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, so far, so his, good. His lesser attempts are at least good movies, I would say. They're still fun, yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk about them. Um, but because uh, he has five... I think he just has five because he got thrown off by the whole Marvel cycle, which... Uh, the Marvel cycle. Which... It eats you up and spits you out. Oh, boy. You know? Yeah. There was, a, there was a gap of... What was it? 17 years in between Scott Pilgrim... No, 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 because he did the third Cornetto say, movie. Yeah, 17 years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Don't say I, think, <laughs> I think he did the third Cornetto in 2012, but still five years. He had a five-year gap because it was like, I'm doing Ant-Man doing ant-man a month before ant-man started shooting i'm not doing ant-man i'm done and uh we yeah, say that too for bad later. it's too bad that he didn't do it it is too bad i'm still surprised that that paul that rudd movie, plus edgar Wright, dude whew. i just remember i remember seeing the tweet announcing paul rudd it was edgar Wright posting fucking celery man on twitter and I was oh, like, yeah. this is going to be so fucking good. Mm. And then it was like, that's fine. It's, yeah, what could have been, I guess. What could have been? What could have been? But uh, Edgar Wright is uh, an, art- an auteur, and he can't. Uh, and, and you're not, you don't get, you don't get much of those anymore nowadays. Mm-hmm. You just don't. I mean, who else? Yeah. Because all the auteurs get eaten up by fucking Disney. So I guess Edgar Wright kind of dodged a bullet there in a way, you know? I, I think so, but I, I think he... I get the vibe from uh, from him that he's a guy who just kind of always just wants to kind of do his own thing. And yeah. it's like, I think the, the Ant-Man thing kind of happened so early because the story with that is that uh, this is crazy, but it was like Kevin 10 Feige, years. right? He just had disagreements with how, like... Well, even before that, it was like his Ant-Man was in the works and announced at the same time or before the first Iron Man movie. Wow. Like, he was literally working on Ant-Man before the MCU was a thing, where it was like, oh, I can just make a fun heist movie with, like, a visual mechanic and have a guy shrinking and growing and just do a fun thing. And I think he then got roped into the MCU stuff. And I think that that grew into this like behemoth that kind of ate him alive. And he was like, ah, this, I don't think I fit. So, here. Where, so where does Falcon um, fit into this, uh, Edgar? Uh, uh, well, uh, I'm not sure if he fits in my movie. I think it's pretty self-contained. Well, you know, Falcon has a, a jet pack and he flies around. So um, I'm wondering how you can fit, fit him into the... And, the and he is going to be... Uh, I'm a second executive at, at, at Marvel talking to Edgar right now, just to establish that. Uh, and he is going to be... I don't know if you know this, Edgar, but he is going to be Captain America in uh, four and a half years uh, <laughs> when our uh, big tentpole uh, franchise ender Endgame hasn't been announced one for three and years. And you know what's really great out. about it? You know what's really great? You know what's really fan- Really great about it? You know what's really great? He's a minority. He, and he's, he's Captain America. And he's, he's going to be Captain great. America. Edgar, what do you think that says? What do you think that says about... It's like... <laughs> And he's just like he's looking at the door, like God, I need to get the fuck. But I could, I could understand that, like he had a vision and like a specific MCU vision. <laughs> yeah, I just oh. fuck me, dude. <laughs> God damn it! 
turn the mics off, shut it down, <laughs> shut down it. the podcast. End of the episode. Yeah. But no, like he's he's a guy who I like. Even in Shaun of the Dead, you can tell like he has a lot of like storytelling integrity and just like uh, a vision of how things want to play out. Like he has those insane montages where it's like you have to like get a whole new setup and a whole new like the crew has to set everything up for this one split second zoom in Mm. for like a montage. And it's like, you don't do that unless you know what it's going to look like and are passionate about making movies. Right. Right. And like, uh, telling the story that you wrote in the script, you know? Mm. Um, so it, it makes sense that they kind of butted heads for sure. However much I would have loved to, to see how that would have ended up. But so what do you think of Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Now I know you're the real Potter head here. No, um, the guy who looks like adult Harry Potter, like in this movie. Oh my <laughs> god, he does have. Okay, that was the joke. Because he's the his, what's his name? Um, fucking uh, Dill. His his character name? Yeah, it's like they give him a little cutesy name, like like Des or something. Yeah, something Desi, like that. something like Desi. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. The uh, the. I, I I wanna talk about him because I feel like he's one of the most overlooked characters in this whole movie and yet is a is actually one of like the most interesting one yeah, in, in this sure. movie. Dude, you know? he is his, he's really interesting. Yeah. His character his character's whole arc yeah. and the performance he's giving is like insanely nuanced. Yeah, he's really good actually. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Because like he's like he's not tolerable but in a way that is like almost sympathetic because yeah, like, he's yeah. like, he's like this guy who's in love with Sean's girlfriend <laughs> and like who sees how much of a fuck up Sean is yeah, and is always just trying to like be some sort of like uh, support system <laughs> with her and uh, yeah. with the chaos of the background going on, he's like, he's feeling like, everything's crashing down and that he should do something. Exactly. Yeah. And yet he has his cockiness gets in the way of like, you know, the, of being a support system, you know, that's right. Yeah. He has, he has his own kind of Shaun of the dead, like uh, coming of age arc that's happening. Yeah. Because (laughs) he has this sort of like pseudo pseudo maturity that Edgar Wright's kind of playing with, with him. Like, yeah, because like, yeah, because the cause I, essentially he's a foil to Sean in the movie. You yeah, know, yeah, for sure. As opposed to you know Nick Frost, because Nick Frost is more of a support. But like yeah. the foil would be like Desi or whatever his name is, because like he's essentially like the rival in the in the gang of yeah. Sean, uh-huh. and just it all just like he seems like a well put together guy, but when shit goes south he's the one who actually is not as productive as Sean is, you know, have yeah. like that kind of flip and, uh, in, in roles here because like in a civilized world, like Desi obviously has all the shit together. Like he's a lecturer. He's a well put together guy. He's <laughs> articulate. And yeah. then you have the fuck up Sean who like when shit goes bad, it's like is in control and is For leading sure. the, the pack, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, De- De- uh, is his name Desi? I, I think know. it's Desi. Yeah, it's like his. I love his like final few moments. Yeah, just like how fucking 
How he's like ready. He's ready to become the hero. He's like, I'm the hero of this. Yeah. Sean, we need to kill your mom. He's like, <laughs> yeah. don't kill my mom. And the like, everybody like that whole sequence of them, like yeah. talking it out. Like with like, you forget that there's zombies around them. Yeah. You, yeah. That's what's so amazing about like the drama that's actually in this film. For sure. Yeah. Is like Edgar Wright like says, all right, Let's somehow drown everything out and get to the core issue of what's really bothering these people. It's yeah. not the zombies. Yeah, it's like exactly. their relationships. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's so great about this film. It's like they finally confront each other about like what's like Sean actually becomes vulnerable and says, it's not, you know, it's not about my mom. It's about you like being in love with my girlfriend and shit. Cause he, cause Sean was always po- passive aggressive about like, yeah, too desi like about like like why don't you date her like you yeah know, shit like that it's like we you all know? know you're in love with her yeah yeah with liz yeah <laughs> even like his like desi's girlfriend's like i that, I've, that I've come to terms girlfriend? with it yeah okay because i think there's like one line the actress, that's set up yeah. and then they roll with it yeah that's right uh um, well from the very beginning like i think her name's d i think i don't know d yeah, yeah like I she's um yeah she she says that very like kind of sad line where it's like I've come to terms that you you wanted to get close with her and shit like that, you know, and I've yeah. accepted that. And I was just like, <laughs> well, that's some real shit yeah. right like, there. Yeah, it was like something yeah. like, like I I know in college that you only hung out with me so that you could be with her. And it was just like, yeah. oh my God, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's it, so, yeah, and it's like the fact that that is happening during the, this like amidst yeah. the this siege, this like zombie siege of the Winchester is yeah is is like the the sign of like him being a, a good director that like you don't even think about that shit i think uh i don't know comparing it to something like cats which we very recently spoke about um that uh i think twisted and uh melted both of our brains uh yeah. by the time we were podcasting about it um yeah like like I, yeah where you're questioning what, what what's going on with it while like when you're having those sincere like moments yeah of like that relationship drama with the backdrop of zombies you don't even think about like the 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 practical rules of like where's a zombie like coming in no mm-hmm. you're like invested in that moment in time because it's so important to like yeah the plot and how it's like set up you know, that you don't even like bother with the logistics of that thing happening. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, and that shows why Edgar Wright's a better director than Tom Hooper, which I think that goes without saying, Yeah, but (laughs) it's like Tom Tom Hooper can't nail that at all. And it's like cats is a, a movie that like, you need a director who can nail that balance and need you to like really sell you on that world. And I think I compared it to like the, Star Wars cantina scene or something where it's like, it's something so foreign and so weird, but you don't even question like, why are all these people together? It's like, you don't even question it because the execution is so good. And I think that's uh, a testament to Edgar Wright's like execution of that, like really climatic scene uh, where the emotional stakes, like we talked about, it's like that, that's like really cements that that's what Shaun of the Dead is about. It's about, him like self-actualizing and it's like him mm. growing and and figuring out like oh okay like it it took the world ending for me to become 
who I'm really like supposed to be, but, yeah. but I'm, I've gotten there, you know, that I'm, that I listen to the people that I love and like actually like do something about like do things for them as opposed to being selfish, too selfish about it. You know? Yeah, exactly. And sticking to familiarity. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, I guess like off that, off that, off that, uh, word familiarity, that is a theme of this movie familiarity yeah, I, I think that. um using the backdrop of the zombie genre mm-hmm. to expound oh, expo- yeah expose like the familiarity concept in your own world is very interesting because the first the first um third of the movie doesn't even really like uh get into zombies it does but in a way that's interesting you know what i mean like yeah like he is essentially a zombie himself and everyone (laughs) around him are zombies and they're just on their paths you know just kind of going with what's happening around them yeah and it's so great when edgar wright like has like his this really great one shot one shot um this tracking shot of Simon Pegg going to work. Oh my God. Yeah. And, um, he's just following him. One of the best setups. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and that's also a, a really cool thing that he does with his directing is that he gives so much life to the, to the character of Sean with the walking, yeah. um, montage, because you see that he doesn't pay attention to his surroundings at all. He's just on this track he he fucks up the same way every time because they do the the walking thing they repeat it again and he doesn't even notice how the world changes yeah. you know he's just like in his own world like a like a zombie you know yeah well and, and yeah and like the fact that the that first it's a wonder but it's like it's a purposeful wonder in that like it is fully setting up the payoff of the next wonder that is the exact same sequence but it's like post zombie takeover and it's, it's him reliving his same daily routine as he walks to the store and gets like a soda before work. Mm. Uh, but the whole world has shifted and he still doesn't even recognize that until Mm. he gets home. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then figures out that, uh, his flatmate as they call them, Peter Stefanoff, uh, Steph, uh, Yeah. His name always like it's, it's always yeah, so hard. It's such a cluster. He's great. I love that guy. He's so good. He's man. so funny. Yeah. in everything he does. Yeah. Um. Have you ever seen God? What was that British show? He's on another cop. Uh, he it's was not like Mighty Boosh. It's uh, something look inside. around you. Yeah, look around you. Which is what it's um, one of the greatest shows ever. I love that show. Yeah, yeah. dude. I I had seen it. That was one of the ones where at the beginning of this episode, I was trying to think of the name that I think Derek showed me that he's on that. Because that was in Adult Swim, too. They, they posted on that on Adult Swim. Yeah, and I think um, I think Edgar Wright directed some of that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think like it even is so like one-to-one that I think Edgar Wright uh, was involved with that mm. show as well. Look around you. Look around you. Um, <laughs> God, that show's so great. Uh but uh but yeah it's it's a really great use of a cinematic tool like the one shot uh where it's like tons of great directors have done one shots but it's like it's not even 
This is like in a more of a, a comedic way, like using yeah. that visual, those visual gags to convey like, yeah. oh, this guy just doesn't like make, it doesn't understand anything about his external like world at all. Exactly. There's, there's a line. Oh, what does he say? Dude, he even says at one point, and this just like further underlines how much setup there is in this movie. Uh, like a kid kicks a soccer ball, like, in front of his face or hits him or something. And he says, next time I see you, you're dead. Yeah. And I was just like, God, Jesus, there's so many fucking well, layers. Well, with, with Pete, like, that's what Nick Frost says. Like, yeah. yeah like, uh, next time I see you, he's dead or something. Yeah, he's yeah. dead or something. Yeah. Um, it's so good, man. Yeah, it's just like taking these contextual, like, setups that, like, then pay off later. Um, and even, like, I, I when we're talking about, like, Edgar Wright's filmmaking. I also want to talk about his, uh, like right out of the gate. He's so good with, um, depth. Like, mm. I, I don't know if, um, I'm sure you caught it in this, but in his other movies, he really takes advantage of it too. It's like, he really utilizes the depth of what the camera catches, um, mm. in his movies where it's like, there's always, you know, the, the like Simon Pegg character or whatever, our heroes are in the foreground, but there's like shit happening in the background mm. that will then pay off later. Like the scene when Simon Pegg first goes to his girlfriend's house, there's a guy delivering pizza in the background. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Like, why would you have an extra in the background delivering pizza? That's really specific. And then later you see a pizza guy like running away like post zombie apocalypse when he's in the same situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck man, that I feel like that's another sign of like a great director is that they fully utilize like the depth that you have mm-hmm. with the camera. It's not just like, okay, here are two or three actors right here in front of the camera. And then there's fucking trees behind them. It's like you can do storytelling in the background as yeah, well. Blocking. Yeah. Doing really yeah. great blocking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and he only gets better at that. Like I know hot fuzz has a lot of that. Scott Pilgrim, I think has mm. a ton of that. That whole movie is like set up and pay off for sure. Um, Ooh, I get to see my girl, Mary Elizabeth Winston. Oh, my big, girlfriend big that I'm dating. Yeah. Your right actual now. real life girlfriend, my real life girlfriend that I didn't see birds of prey. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> sorry. That Yo, we well, did, you, uh, you, you told me before we started the podcast yeah. that you were going to buy it on, uh, Amazon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> just to support. Yeah. Like, you I heard know. it's good. I, I want to watch it. I don't, I don't, I'll sure. find time to watch it at some point. Uh, sure. Seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she plays, fucking... uh, who does she play? Black Canary or fucking, uh, something Canary. Yeah. Something like that. One of those, one of those characters. Um, I'm sure they kill lots of men in that movie. Oh, they've got to. Yeah. Well, men, men are the villains. Well, what's funny is that most action movies, men are being killed anyway. So, what, what are you doing different, Birds of Prey? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I guess probably nothing. Uh, yeah. I just know uh, Ewan McGregor plays like a real wacky villain, and I want to mm. see that as well. But um, it seems like a fun time. Um, so stay tuned for that bonus episode oh, where we talk, uh, where we stream and talk Birds of Prey. That's going to happen. Yeah, 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 babe. We're we're totally going to uh, talk about your cool movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, she's a subscriber and she's been listening since. Yeah, she's uh, been very supportive. Yeah. It's the, really the nice of her, season. honestly. She know. jumped in in the Rifen season. She she wasn't a big Kubrick or Spielberg fan, but she was like, Rifen's my guy. Mm. Um, that's when I'm jumping on this train. Yep. Um, and then that's that's when you guys fell in love. Um, but uh, yeah, actually playing out on screen is that scene that we were talking about the climactic payoff with like the zombies closing in mm-hmm. and it, it uh, I mean, talking about that scene even further now, it's like it uses the tension of the zombies are closing in on us to add to the interpersonal tension. Yeah. Which is something that like few movies I feel like employ of like the, the walls are closing in and then we're like eating each other alive. Like we process. need to say what we need to say now because this could be it sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why have any sort of um, social, like, politeness now? For sure. Let's just get it all out. The all bullshit, out. Yeah. all the bullshit, all the... Yeah, it's mm. all fallen away. Mm. Um, no, I did want to bring this up. So, mm. zombie movies. This mm. is, like, I think people talk about um, this being one of the classic zombie movies now it's a modern kind of cult classic zombie movie uh what are some of your personal favorite zombie movies and why oh man i feel like zombies are just so 2010s man it's like <laughs> but like it doesn't even really like there's going to be execution man there's going to be like in 10 years from now when we're like 40 they're gonna, we're going to have trivia night and or do a 2010s party. And it's like, oh, zombies, remember that? Like crazy. Remember Walking Dead, how it went mm-hmm. on 14 seasons and nobody even saw it? Oh, yeah. Remember all the zombie movies? Like Cold Bodies and fucking... Cold Bodies, you know that man. one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loved zombies in the 2010s. They really did, yeah. But to it's, answer the question... COVID, I think, is really maybe the nail in that coffin, huh? Maybe. I don't know. I feel like the coffin's already in the ground, maybe. And it, it's come back to life. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I think about Romero, of course. And honestly, when you and I watched Day of the Dead together, like, that <sighs> was... Yeah. That was... I I kind of like it more than um, Dawn of the Dead. I do, and too, man. People it's my don't favorite. like that opinion, I th- it's my favorite uh, of Romero's main zombie trilogy because he has the bad ones that came later. But like Night is is good, but it's not like I, I'm I'm kind of like not interested in watching Night, you know? Again, yeah. Like I'll watch Dawn again for sure because I love the whole mall thing for sure. But I think Day of the Dead's like legit, like him doing his best work. Dude, Day of the Dead is was because that was the first time both of us saw it, right? Yeah, when we wa- randomly watched it one night, yeah, and we were both just like, "Fuck, that was a good ass movie." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's in my top three. I, I the reason Dawn isn't higher for me is because I honestly re- I really really like um, Snyder and James Gunn's. I, I need to watch that one because I heard that yeah. one's really good. It's yeah, it's Zack Snyder's best movie for sure. Okay. I mean, like, I, mean, I, I don't know because I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, but I'm a fan great. of Daddy Snyder, so. <laughs> uh, 
Um, no matter how much flack he gets. And the, the yeah. OG cut was the Snyder cut on that one. So you get an OG Snyder cut uh, of Dawn of the Dead. And it helps that James Gunn wrote the – like he's the sole screenwriter of that movie. It has like a really you snarky – the the renowned writer of Suicide Squad 2. Of Suicide Squad 2. Boy, absolutely. what is that happening? Is that it's not du- happening? It's in the can, dude. It's, it's coming. in the can? It's coming, yeah. It's, it's done coming? filming. Yeah. Wow. It's coming I, I feel next like year, man. they just like canceled that movie for some reason. No, it's... I. Well, I follow James Gunn and like one or two of the actors because they're comedy people. Like his... The, the way he casts movies is interesting where it's like, I won't take the biggest names, but I'll get like these really interesting either character actors or like, co- like comedy people. Like For he sure, has yeah. like Steve Agee in that. And he has like, um, he just has like really interesting actors in it. But, uh, no, that one's in the can. And it, like the way he talks about it is like, that's like the best thing he's ever written. Suicide squad Two. suicide squad Two. the suicide squad. It's not, uh, a direct sequel. Really? I guess, even though it has like Margot in it, and it doesn't have um, Will Smith. Thank God. Yeah, it has uh, Idris. Idris now. Thank God. As like, like the same character, maybe. That's I good. Don't know. Yeah, the the, the the new Will Smith, the uh, guy who who they digitally removed his crotch in Cats from. Yep. Oh my God! What a crime! McCavity Macav- is dead shot. McCavity is dead shot. Um, yeah. COVID victim himself. Hope he's doing all right. Oh, is he? Is this he? Yeah, dude, he got COVID. God, that's horrible. It sucks. How old is Idris? Dude, he's pretty old. He's like late 40s, maybe 50. Like, he's he's an old guy who's aged well. Because he was like kind of a little older when he was in The Wire like 20 years ago. As a... God damn it. Can't Mm. believe I forgot his name in The Wire. He's a great character. Um, But all of that said... And I forgot why now. Mm. Uh, we're talking Shaun of the Dead. And it's a great movie. Uh, it's a great comedy. Oh, we were talking zombie movies. That's why. Yeah. Um, then we started talking Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Um, I'll say a couple more of mine. I really, really loved uh, Train to Busan, the South Korean. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the South Korean one. Mm. It. I don't know. It really rolls with like the CG, like armada of zombies the same way that like um world war z did yeah so it's campier in that regard but there's like there's a heart to that movie where you're you like are rooting for the main guy you're Mm. like dude fucking get out of this get on that fucking train um and there's like a sequel coming which should be cool uh but um is it cars to cars to cars to busan it's all about cars now um no, starring but, Dane Cook. Starring Dane Cook is in it. It's still South Korean, but they flew Dane Cook over for it. Um, yeah, on a, on a plane. On a plane. Because he's in planes. On his character from planes. Yeah. <laughs> Disney made the plane. Um, but uh, no, I'd say Train to Busan. If we're talking like recently, what I'm, what's in my brain is favorite zombie movies. Day of the Dead. And then I, I guess I'd maybe put Shaun of the Dead in there, man. I can't think of a ton more, but uh, mm. yeah. What are what are yours? Day of the Dead. Um, I don't know. I don't. It, it's like I'm trying to think of some now, and it's just hard to like. 
Because Romero's usually the only one I think of when it comes to zombie movies. Because, mm-hmm. like, the only other thing, like, I remotely think of zombies is, like, The Walking Dead. Yeah, which Oh, is... I mean, Zombieland, I guess. <laughs> I guess Zombieland. Zombieland Zombie It was, Land like, of its been. time, though. It's, like, Zombieland is the most, like, of its time thing. I, I, yeah. I, I like, have zero interest in watching that again. Yeah. You know, Zombie Land is like the curtain call. It's like the curtain call for the zombie shtick. It's like, OK, we're shutting this down. We're getting postmodern with it. Time to time to wrap this up. And that was what, 10 years yeah. ago? Yeah. About yeah. almost. That's what I'm like, talking okay, I know. I know right. I've had your I know I've had this discussion with you, but postmodernism is always like the death kneel of like any yeah. genre. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, you know the tropes. You know what's going exactly. on here. Yeah, yeah. Now you get to laugh about it. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know? So, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, I think, is solidly my three. Um, and that's the thing about Shaun of the Dead is yeah. that it's like it got in irony. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It's on the advance. It's like, it's like way after the fact of like postmodernism. It's like, yeah. no, I love zombie movies. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to have these tropes that we have in all these movies in a sincere and thoughtful way as opposed to making fun of it. Yeah. Like Deadpool is the postmodern aspect of superhero, superhero movies, movies where it's yeah. like, ha ha, look at this. Superhero stands, huh, guys? These That's funny. Dumb. Look at this. I'm stupid. Like the X-Men are right behind this door, but we can't see them because of those Fox rights. <laughs> you get it's it? It's like, yeah, we, we get it, Deadpool. You're very funny. Oh, look, you're breaking the fourth wall. Numbers. And I understand because I understand, you know, how Hollywood works. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I guess Zombieland did. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like Shaun of the Dead 2004. It's like Edgar Wright saw the fucking blood in the water. He like saw the way things were going. Uh, or that probably isn't even why he, made, he probably water. made it yeah. because it was like, I love zombie movies. And uh, I think I can tell a story about a, a guy growing up mm. and a story about relationships within this like... Uh, genre that i that i really love mm. and uh and he did and it's great and he did it's a great movie um but uh yeah so i'm i'm really excited to talk about these two guys um Ty- tiktok taika tiktok just bring it back to tick, our <laughs> tiktok of ytd mm. and uh edgar wright um yeah are these our two most recent like our two newest directors that we've covered. I don't, I don't know. Cause uh, Nolan was Nolan's first movie was, mm. uh, 2000. Mm. Right. With, uh, no, 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 this it was wasn't even following was, uh, Fo- yeah, this is following was, was probably like late. No, like late nineties. Cause like Memento was like, yeah late 90s right i think memento was 2000 like on the dot oh yeah it was like 2000 on the dot no yeah because it was after the matrix because that's how like carrie ann moss and um what's his name cypher you know like (laughs) yeah that's that's right um where they met Mm -hmm. uh and then fincher of that same season was like 94 was seven yeah these are probably the most uh modern ones so it's 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 us doing a, a new 
overall kind of genre. They're both all in this. I think all they're in the all new comedies. century, right? Yeah, yeah. They're all all their movies can be considered comedies. I think mm. thinking about it, Baby Driver maybe a little less, but I think still, yeah, a still you know, it's still kind of yeah, yeah, comedy sure. action. Definitely, I would say. Yeah, yeah but all uh, like post millennium younger guys. Like I think Edgar Wright and Taika are both. I think a Gen Xer, yeah, Gen Xer time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, well, even like influenced by Gen Xers because. I don't know. Somebody like Linklater is like mm. mid fifties now, but I think Edgar yeah. Wright's like early to mid forties. Same with mm. Taika. They're so, like on the 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 younger end of the Gen Xers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so this is us getting in early on both these two guys to keep covering them, and it's gonna be exciting. We're gonna be mm-hmm. talking Thor movies. Maybe dip into just the the MCU. Yeah, I was I was thinking maybe in that one. Maybe that wouldn't be giving Thor and Waititi uh, their due diligence, but it's like that one we could maybe even talk a little bit more of the right MCU stuff. Hmm. Um, we have, you know, all the New Zealand stuff that uh, Waititi's done, which I think three out of his five movies are New Zealand. Which movies. makes sense. Yeah, they're like New Zealand <laughs> yeah. government-funded movies, which is oh, really, really cool. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're like the New uh, Zealand. Boy, yeah. Eagle vs. Shark, and then again with Wilder People, he Wilder went back. Wilder People, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, the... Wait, which movies are recovering from him? Oh, the, the uh, vampire one. Vampire, what the, we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows. Yeah. I always forget the fucking name of it. Um... But, uh, yeah, as the curtains are rolling, hmm. the curtains are rolling. I keep fucking saying the that. Rolling the rolling are curtains, are yeah. On uh, Shaun of the Dead here. Um, Want to give some final thoughts, a little wrap-up on this one? Yeah. Um, this movie This movie is uh, really, really good. Um, I the, the comedy doesn't hit as, as much as it did back in the day, I think, for me. Yeah. It's not it's, as fresh now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel as fresh. Yeah. Yeah. People have come in after and done the same. But thing. but I think what holds it up is really what we talked about was the interpersonal like com- com- uh, conflict, like mm-hmm. the actual like sincerity of like, you know, being friends with like somebody who refuses to glow- grow up and then yeah. dealing with like how it affects like your intimate relationships with your girlfriend yeah. and how like external events can really like bring to light like what really is important to you as opposed to just going to Winchester every night, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And being just like in this like same pattern of, you know, one track minded and not really thinking about like what you're doing with your life. Just being as like Winchester is like almost another like motif of like being a zombie. Like it's like, it's almost like a physical manifestation of like, yeah. Being a zombie. It just, yeah, it really is perfect that yeah. it all goes down there and then shit goes wrong there. Yeah. Like, like shit hits the fan in the comfort zone mm. that like you're so used to, to going back to. Exactly. Fuck, yeah, that's great. Yeah, because even like uh, Liz's lines, she was just thinking of like, am I going to be going to Winchester like 30 years from now and just drinking myself to death saying like, why, like, what am I, what was I doing? You know? Yeah. You know? And it's just great that there's that, like that, that yet the familiarity is what brings them to is to toxicity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that sure. needed that change to do something about it. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it took uh, the end of the world, uh, the apocalypse kind of happening to kind mm. of implement that that change to like fully actualize and and, mm. and grow. Um, yeah, I I love this movie. It's 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 great for like so many reasons. The fact that it is it gives you that like uh, like satisfying kind of like gore fest that like good zombie movies do like the scene when the the douchey harry potter guy yeah dude. <laughs> god dude that scene i forget how fucking brutal that scene is man yeah, like well, his insides ripped. are ripped open and yeah, it's like it's pretty great it's gnarly as yeah. hell man you can tell that edgar wright was just like and then she takes ball. like just takes his legs and starts i'm coming <laughs> for you like you just yeah. like starts beating zombies with the with severed his fucking leg, like, like yeah. all of his limbs come off, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, you could tell that Edgar Wright was such a like horror fan that he mm. was just like eating that up, having a ball. Mm. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, it's like the fact that there is kind of like the two layers to it, where it's like you could look at that surface level of like it's about a guy trying to save his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend mm. during the apocalypse. You're trying and to like, even figure that out. What that even means? Yeah, like, exactly. They, and then yeah. you go a layer deep, mm. you know, a, a, a layer within a layer. And, uh, there's, there's the actual depth of the movie where mm. it's like about a guy who is putting off kind of growing up and, and, uh, you know, just falling committing back yeah. to something, you mm. know, committing to, being more of an adult and to somebody else and, hmm. um, you know, maybe going, maybe, you know, not, not changing her life in the, the most fundamental way, but just like maybe going out somewhere else to dinner, you know, every, you know, uh, a couple nights a week, to hmm. some, a little bit. Yeah. Maybe, change it up. Look for that adventure that yeah, Liz get, was looking get for. Some adventure. Yeah. Uh, not the zombie apocalypse, yeah, but you exactly. know, <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, that element to it with the kind of, uh, that dry British wit, but also the, I mean, the, the writing of this movie with, uh, the, the kind of setups and payoffs and even the, um, the, this movie has so many, um, callbacks to like jokes that are in like the first 10 to 15 minutes, mm. like even, even more so than modern comedies. It's like even, even still today comedies on, on, in, you know, on, on the screen or even, uh, um, like on TV, on Netflix, whatever. It's like, even still comedies like aren't on that level Yeah, where it's like, that can be a really great comedic tool to like call back to something like, uh, <sighs> I'm trying to think it's of like, uh, the, what, what's his name? McAster guy. What, what, what's his name? Fucking, um, McAster, uh, the, the stamp comedian who's really, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the British comedian, yeah. uh, James Acaster, Acaster. Yeah. That's it. J- James Acaster. Where so it, it's all layered and it all loops back. It's all layered yeah. in and ties into itself. And it's just yeah. like, it's a, and I wanted to say this cause I'm going to say it in other episodes. Edgar Wright movies, are like fucking like finely crafted watches. They're just like mm-hmm. these things that like all like all the parts click into, you know, their component parts. Yeah. And it's just a fully functioning, beautifully crafted thing. Mm-hmm. Um where it's like there's there That's there are some later, in, yeah. you know, that might be a little messier than some of the, you know, say like Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead. Maybe those are a little cleaner. Like they all kind of all the parts come together in a in a cleaner way, mm. but it's still like I'd say that's like a signature move of his that he's like a very concise filmmaker who like yeah. knows exactly what he wants to to end up on screen. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean this is a 
This is like a modern uh, comedy horror classic for sure. I I, I love this movie. Just and the it's just, ex, uh, you know the use yeah. of the word the N word by Nick Frost was a. Uh, Oh well, the <laughs> yeah. When he shows up in the yeah, car, yeah. The, he says, the use of modern is it's like, oh Nick. Oh yeah. gosh, back yeah. then it would be. It's totally cool back then. Back in 04 but, when Eminem's tossing it around, it's yeah. like it's like okay, we can give that a. Then pass again, and, like he's just kind of like his character is not supposed to be that. It like, almost cool. makes sense it for makes that sense. character yeah. to say that, and it's like, oh boy, uh, uh, dude, that okay. character's definitely canceled. And then when he's just he like lived. gay, it's just like, dude, come on, <laughs> it's man. like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, of course it's always that character who's saying that shit. Yeah, of course. But what, yeah, regardless. But I mean, that's um, just the thing you get with comedies. Comedies are never going to age that well. It's almost impossible to like keep a comedy consistent with time. And yeah, yeah. And Sean did, you know, I I think it, it fares, it it fares fairly well with like over time just because there's more to it than just it's comedy there's an emotional depth that's like kind of timeless right it's it's like kind of a timeless uh theme Mm -hmm. there that uh and just the like again like the what i said about like the editing and shot composition and setups and payoffs like those things don't need don't don't really have a like an expiration yeah. date as much. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, that that stuff is still, I feel like, um, I don't want to say ahead of its time, but it's still appreciated even now because mm. I feel like directors are taking from Edgar Wright now. Like, I feel like they're almost now recently kind of starting to like take those like quick Mm. flourishes um i feel like even taika does stuff like that and i wonder if i guess that was we all, will see yeah we will see we will in our see. upcoming episodes mm. but um i think that's gonna do it on Shaun of the dead yeah um yeah it was a it was a good time talking this movie and mm. uh we're really excited to have a lighter um kind of uh batch of movies this uh this season yeah Try to line up the mood amidst all the chaos that's going on here, you know, and uh, yeah, it's early April. Um, I unfortunately feel like, wow, this is a really interesting bottle episode, actually, because mm. I feel like we're in early April. Things could go various ways, hopefully on the more optimistic side. But uh, this is mm. an interesting bottle episode. I think regardless, we're up for some tough, uh, you know, summer months up ahead. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we just wanted to talk some, some lighter movies, even though some are apocalyptic, they're Mm. still fun to watch and funny. And, uh, we just wanted to talk these guys feel like it'd be a good quarantine season, a good quarantine season. Yep. Mm -hmm. QS eight quarantine season eight. And Um, hopefully you'll, you'll stick around because you got nothing else to do. I feel like I've said that joke already. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely made it on like Twitter and stuff. Just listen, just listen in. Yeah, a cat's episode. What else are you doing? Pop it in. Pop in those headphones. Why not? You're not going to actually watch the movie anyway. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, it's the movie is 40 minutes longer than our podcast on it, which is usually not the case with this. It's usually not the case. Usually our podcast is longer than the fucking movie. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Um, share it with your friends if you haven't. And if uh, you have no friends, share it with a stranger. Share it with a stranger. Blast it all but, over your social but, media. But do it in a six feet radius. 
in a six foot radius. Yeah, like yell yell at them if you gotta. Like don't get don't get too close to them. Yeah, don't you know, don't go to the crowded social Walgreens. Distancing. <laughs> social distancing. Yeah. Don't go to the crowded Walgreens and scream Director Showdown. Instead, maybe get a permanent marker and write it on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Something or a get, get a megaphone and just you know yeah, screaming in there. Shoot that all over the place. Yeah. Um but yeah, show your friends, listen to cover stories, listen to the Delphin Pod. Uh, shows. I, I, I think they have, uh, they're putting out their Mandalorian podcast now. I'm on a couple of those. Listen to those. Rewatch Mandalorian. Might as well. Fucking what else do you have to do? Um, and uh, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for listening, guys. We love you. Stay safe. Stay safe. And nothing else clever from my mouth. See you later, guys. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>